what do I have to find about growing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, you know, respond. Are you kidding me? Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for um everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everybody, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkAndSpill.com. I'm pumped about this episode. I'm doing a hashtag how did we meet segment today. And I'm excited about this episode for a couple of reasons. One, because this person has been a pretty close friend of mine as of the last couple of years. And we've met up and hung out in different parts of the US in the last couple of years, which is also kind of cool. And she's got some really cool things that she's doing in the world. And I'm just really excited to be on this ridiculously wild entrepreneurial journey with her. Um, And I'm excited to have you guys here to hear about her story, her background. Hopefully you'll be inspired and you'll follow her and you'll see her journey as well because it's always fun. I feel like I find people right as they're on like the verge of something incredible and Literally, we all get to watch it unfold and blossom and just move and groove. And I feel like this guest is absolutely that kind of a person. So today's guest is actually, I believe she's a Texan originally. We're going to find out. But um, right now she is physically in the state of Texas. She's in Dallas and I didn't meet her there. We'll talk about that. But her name is Leah Marie Collins. Her last name starts with a C like mine. So I also think that's a kind of cool. It's also a CO last name like mine, which basically means that like, like I do Whitney Danielle Co, which is also kind of like my last name, but also like Co for company or coaching. And she can kind of do the same thing. Like Leah Marie Co, Leah Marie Coaching, whatever. I digress. Um, so Leah is, she's a couple of things. She has a couple of things. Her background is predominantly in finance and she's a, she's an entrepreneur and she's an auditor in two respects, right? She's got two different things she's doing both in finance. Her entrepreneurial side hustle is definitely on the, on the lines of, she calls millennial money mentoring. And I love that, right? MMM. And she's out here teaching us how to get our money together. And then on the other side, right? She's doing auditing, that kind of stuff. Super, super, super interesting. And that's why I feel like she's probably in the industry that she's in. So without further ado, I welcome Miss. Leah, almost actually future misses. We'll talk about that too. Leah Marie Collins. Welcome, darling. Hello, Whitney. (laughs) (laughs) What's so funny? (laughs) I feel like sometimes my intros are so extra. Like I just be talking about shit. You you did ramble for a while. (laughs) I do. I do. And it's my favorite part of the show. It's like, I, I loved know, it. I thought it was great. It's you. Right? Thank you. So <laughs> you you do a couple of different, you do a lot of different things, but I want to talk about how we met and then we'll get into the rest of it because it kind of goes in order, I think, at this yes. point, mm-hmm. right? Do you remember how we met? We did not meet in D.C. Didn't you say we met in D.C.? I thought we did. No, we did not. We met in Dallas at the did DU we? training. Yes, at the oh, training. I thought we did... Um. I thought we did that uh, impact day thing together in DC. I've never done impact day. I never did it the entire time. I was there. <laughs> that was always like a free day for me. 
Oh no, that's I could have sworn. Okay, so no, it was it was at DU for I think it was like a new employee training or something. Mm. And yes. we met in the hall. We were the only two black girls in the class. You were really involved in the training, very active. I was not. And <laughs> we were, um, I think, I don't know if we were on our way to dinner, but we had both went back to our rooms and we were in the hallway walking to the elevator to dinner or to one of the social activities or something. And then that's how we first started talking. Yes. And I was probably active in that training because it was boring. <laughs> um, <and> I, <laughs> I didn't want to embarrass myself by falling on the table. Um, but yeah. Okay, so I'm glad you remembered that. I thought it was yeah, no, yikes. Okay, definitely so we met. never did impact day. Mm-mm. Yeah, impact day was really fun. Yeah, I I heard. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, we worked for one of the top consulting firms, I guess, in the country and the world. I don't know, but um, it was a lot of fun. There's lots of things going on there, and one of the big things is like this Deloitte University or whatever, and you go, and it's like this huge campus. And they train you on how to do stuff. And then when you get hired, you go. And then you, when you're promoted to a manager, you go. And all these other things. But we met there, and which is actually a great place to network and meet people. So yes, kind of absolutely. Um, and then, okay, so then what? Then we hung out in D.C. after that? Yes, when my car got broken into. Was that the next time we hung out? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, we were waiting for the police till 5 o'clock in the morning. I think so. Okay. I think it, it had to have been. It had to have been because that happened. We met, I think, in like, I know my car got broken into September 2015, right after mm-hmm. I moved to D.C. And we, we already knew each other. So we must have met like a month or two prior. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we met, in, we met up in D.C. to go out and we went to, what was that, a happy hour or something? We did a happy hour in the city. I think we went to Stan's. Was it Stan's? The underground restaurant. Oh yeah, we did because it was right around this time of year, right? Because now we're right. in October, and it was. Mm-hmm. Remember, it was a little bit chilly, and I want to say it was around Howard Homecoming because probably conflicting things going on. But yeah, I mean, we we linked up, and that's kind of the cool part about this, and just in general, is we met and we stayed in contact, and then whenever we were kind of in the same place. We that's how you. I feel like that's how you know when you're really networking for real, for real. When you're not yes. even in the same location. And you're able, or you're not even at your original location or where you normally reside and you're somewhere else and you can connect with somebody who's also somewhere else. That's, yep. that's, that's kind of cool. That's exactly. And we did it multiple times because you moved where from, it was from Dallas to DC and you got your own place, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I bought a and house there. I met you again. I met up with you again there. I actually at your house once. Yeah. While I, I was taking a flight. Yeah, see, I remember I was actually doing something <laughs> stupid with some stupid guy, and I took mm. a flight. Um, and you're like, oh, you can stay at my spot because I'm right near DCA. I'll take you to the airport. And you were super nice about it. And so I went to your house and stayed the night. And the next morning, you woke up at like, oh, dark 30 to take me to the airport. And wow, I that was nice of me. I do not I remember that. Yeah. And then we met up again. Um, in Dallas. In Dallas, because I ended up moving there. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I lived there and then you came to visit my apartment and then, cause you were in town for like an appointment out there. I was like, there for a wedding. Yeah. For an appointment at a doctor's appointment and I was there for a wedding. Yeah. And so we hung out and then, um, do you again? Yeah. But I actually interviewed, I interviewed, I introduced you to 
somebody else that worked for the, the firm. Yes, yes, and yes. And then y'all became friends. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a fun story for another time. Um, and then, yeah, and then I left Dallas and then, yeah, and then I met up with you again in, in Virginia later. And actually, you made me go to church with you. I went to church with you, and it was the first time I had been in a church. <laughs> We've talked about a lot. I didn't realize I had been there many times. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the long-winded version of how we met. And then San Francisco. We, we met up in San Francisco. Not San Francisco, San Diego. San Diego. Oh, yeah. In May. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was just talking to my dentist today about my memory being trash. Like, that was mine. Download your luminosity app. And I was like, okay. So I'm about to be on this luminosity. Um, but yeah, so we met up in San Diego. I was there for my birthday, right? I was there for my birthday. When is your birthday? Okay. My birthday. Okay, now. I, I, I this was in May. Yes, I go to San Diego in January for my birthday. But this year, I also went in May for graduation. So oh, okay. Yes. So we hung out. We did um, like brunch a and brunch. dinner. I was mm-hmm. dog sitting. That was a disaster. And then <laughs> we met up for real and went to this really cool seafood joint. So we have been, I guess we've been literally all around the country and have met up, which is kind yeah, of cool. I actually yeah, forgot yeah. about the San Diego piece. But um, when I met you, you were solely doing audit work and you were working at the firm. I was working in the firm as well. And then you, I think, left at one point and started working for somebody else. But I'm curious about your millennial money mentor business and kind of how you got started with that during this time. Okay. So back in, I believe, what is this, 2019? So back in 2017, we were working for the firm that you mentioned. I was stressed out. I was working 15, 16 hours a day at a job that was literally making me sick. Like. I almost had to go to the hospital. It was that bad. Um, and I had also purchased a home that I didn't realize I could not afford <laughs> at the time. So I was really struggling. And I just looked up one day and I couldn't figure out. I just had nothing to show for all of my work. And um, right around that time, my church, uh, it's in Alfred Street Baptist Church in Alexandria, Virginia. They were offering the Financial Peace University course by Dave Ramsey. So I enrolled in that course. And it literally changed my life. I, in, I implemented his principles. He has um, what he calls the seven baby steps. And within 18 months, I had paid off $40,000 worth of debt, increased my credit score, and increased my credit score to over um, 800. So at that point, people started asking me how I did it. And I decided to start a business teaching other people how to do the same thing. So I launched that in January of this year. And it has grown a lot faster than I expected. <laughs> I have a lot of really cool projects in the work. And I'm just trying to figure out. Um, so I, I was giving myself this year to just try different things, experiment. And next year, I think I'm going to pivot into a different direction. So I have a lot of exciting things that will be coming out pretty soon um, that I can share with you next year. But right now, I have the social media campaign and my blog that I'm using to educate people about how to get out of debt. And what's the blog website? Uh, com. Got it. Okay. So obviously you guys know all of this will be in the show notes, but if you're on your phone right now, which I feel like most of you are, you go to Instagram <laughs> right now and you go to 
little search engine and you type in the Leah with an H, L-E-A-H, Marie Collins. You'll find her page and you can click on it. She's got it in the link, a link tree, and you can click and see all the stuff. So just FYI, make sure you're following her. Um, If anything, you know, I think the tips are important. I've actually really enjoyed a lot of your content about um, just little like bite-sized tips. And a lot of times you can save the post, which is really nice, but um, I know a lot of people are focusing on money. And at this time of year, it's really important to do so. I had um, Jackie from Sugar and Money on this show recently, and you know she's trying to help people budget for the holidays. So I'm like, that's genius. But mm. debt and, and planning and all these things are just like, they're not sexy, fun things to talk about, but they're really, really, really important. And they affect you in so many ways. So I'm curious. I know, I remember when you were going through that program, with Dave mm-hmm. Ramsey. I remember that you told me about it and you're really, really, really excited. And I think I found, I think I, I had asked you about it right on the cusp. I think you were maybe a, a few weeks into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, like what were some of your big takeaways when you were going through that process? Like, did you learn something where you were like, this is exactly the opposite of what I learned from the get go or something that kind of blew your mind <sighs> as you were going through that? I think it really just put things into perspective and it shifted my mindset on money. So prior to taking this course, to me, I just thought debt was normal. You know, paying off student loans for the next 30 years, paying off my mortgage for the next 30 years. I I just thought that was the way of life, right? Like I I still had decent credit. My credit was actually excellent. Um, It wasn't wasn't 800, but it was still mid 700s. Um, I was making good income. I was making six figures. I was paying my bills. So I thought I was doing good. But after taking that course, I just realized there was so much more work I had to do. And that's the point where I realized that I did not want to work <laughs> until I was 65 years old. I just thought that's what people did. And I thought that's how the course of my life was going to go. And that's when I realized, no, it's not. I want to work for the next 10 years. And then I want to retire and be able to do whatever I, whatever it is that I want to do and pursue my passions. Boom. I mean, yeah, that would be... Fantastic. And I think you're right. I think most of us were told that bills and debt is just kind of how we roll as grown Right. Yeah. Have a little stashed away for a rainy day. And yeah, you're doing well. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and planning is, is huge. So, I mean, just from a personal bit here, I'm very curious. So I'm not a huge shopper. And I think we all know that. Like, I don't really give a shit about like buying clothes and <laughs> shoes. Like I had to force myself to buy clothes and shoes for the winter, but (laughs) how do you like manage just like those urges to ball out of control when you are making six figures and you're single and free to do whatever the hell you want? How do you like not get out of control? For me, I just remember my end goal and that's to retire in 10 years. And another thing I want to do is hopefully I have kids soon and I want to build, create generational wealth for them. So just keeping my eye on the prize makes me, gives me the discipline to not go out and, you know, splurge on eating. Eating out was my weakness. Um, I'm not a big shopper either, but I was literally ordering Uber Eats for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day. That was hundreds of dollars (laughs) a week. I was spending on food. Um, But again, just having my end goal in sight, that's what helped me to stay on course. Yeah. I mean, working at the firm didn't help. Because oh gosh, no. they give you this Amex card and they're like, have fun. Yes. And you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Listen, I was out there swiping. 
Um, and that was a problem. And actually we, you've actually had a journey of like getting physically fit. So working at a consulting firm and working crazy hours can affect your body and it affects your stress. And, you know, they try to make, you know, fitness a, a thing. I think the culture was actually decent about working out there. I mean, granted, you do get a lot of the older, like, white dudes who just don't give a fuck because they've given up. <laughs> but they had the, the subsidy, remember? They did. They had the subsidy. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when you were on travel, like, let's say we had a project in Utah and we would go there. They give you, every day, they'll give you up to 20 bucks to spend on any workout class you wanted to do. I did not know that. Yeah. And no matter where you, like, if you're, if you're going on site, site, you have up to, I think, 20 or $25 to spend on a class. Was that on the commercial side? I guess. I don't know. Probably. Was so yeah, oh, okay. but I found that so cool. And yeah, that's awesome. It made it so that, you, and then a lot of times you'd have, you know, there's always that one like super neurotic person on your project <laughs> that, like, only cares about food and fitness. And, you know, if they're in leadership, it makes a difference because they'll like kind of promote you to go and to do, and they're way more lax about it if you go to yoga and you're kind of late to the morning meeting. But right. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about how you were able to balance like getting fit because at one point you were like, girl, I'm about to get this. And you did. And you worked out and you were eating. What were you doing? That was when I worked for the the firm? I don't remember. No. No, it was when I, we met <laughs> It was in, after. It has to been after. We met up in Virginia and I was like, wow, like, did you lose weight or what did you do? Yeah, because I had quit that job. I had my, my current job. There's no way I could have done that <laughs> with my old job. I, mean, I couldn't. Yeah, no, no. It was too what did demanding. What you start doing with the new job? Um, well, so with the new job, okay, so I worked at a company right out of college for seven years. And then I went to D.C. for another company, the one that we worked at for three years. And then the director at the previous company asked me to come back, and she made it a remote position. So I took it <laughs> because I wanted to work from home. So having that freedom and that flexibility I'm able to work out a lot more. So sometimes I can, I, I even do two a days. I'll wake up early in the morning and I'll go work out. And then during lunch, I'll go to Orange Theory and work out. And then I'm not in the office with all the free food and all the different celebrations and donuts, and cakes and all of that. So I'm not tempted <laughs> to partake in any of those things. So I, that's how I was able to get in shape. Yeah, I don't know how you do multiple workouts in one day, but... I was doing that. I've slowed down because of burnout. I've been going hard since January, from January to August, and I don't want to burn out because, you know, I have the wedding next year. So for the next few months, until the end of the year, I'm just maintaining. So I'm only working out two or three days a week and trying to eat decently. And then in January, I'll I'll go back to the two-a-days to get ready for the wedding. Okay, so let's talk about that. Um, I know we've been single and mingling for yes a while. Lord. Yeah, yeah, four years. So what's what's really good right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, how much should I say? Um, okay, I recently got engaged in August. Yeah, we met in college. We have been dating on and off for a very long time, <laughs> like about eleven years. And then um, we broke up, what was that, last year, around this time? And I think during that time, we both figured out what we wanted, grew a little bit, and then he came back around and proposed. Took me, flew me to Europe, uh, not Europe, Aruba, and proposed. And I said, yes, so now we're in the process of wedding planning. 
which is a whole nother deal in itself. I never knew. I did not know how stressful <laughs> wedding planning can be. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing though. Congratulations. It is. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm super excited. I mean, I am invited to the wedding, so that's Of course. Cool. You know. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't me asking guys. I I she legit like invited me already. <laughs> <laughs> I would do some shit like that on a recording. Like, you know, a lot of people have done that. Really? Like, people I haven't talked to since college. Like, well, I hope you're having the wedding in the state. Like, what? You're not invited. I haven't mm. spoke to you in 15 years. <laughs> like, what is going on? People get crazy when you start planning for weddings. I wonder why. I don't know. I might have to kick someone out of my wedding. Aww. Yeah. I mean, sometimes people add too much stress to the way too much situation. stress. And it's like, girl, it's not even your wedding. Like you can't no. granted the ones who do add more wedding and it is their wedding are, are called bridezillas, which is a whole different <laughs> ball game. But like there should be a cap at the amount of stress that collectively is brought. I feel. Exactly. And I I don't have any patience. So the moment I sense that you're gonna bring drama or you're not happy for me, then you're getting kicked out. So that's what happened. And I've known her since we were 15. <laughs> um, I know. There are fun parts, like you picking out your dress. and like, That was fun. Right? So, okay, let me back up. I didn't want a wedding. I don't, I'm not good at planning. I don't like it. And most importantly, I don't like spending money. I'd rather use that money towards the down payment for a house mm-hmm. um, or an apartment building. That's one thing that I want to do in the future is buy, some, buy more multi-unit properties. Um, but my fiance is Nigerian, so I have to have a wedding. <laughs> that is not even an option not to. So, um, I forgot where I was going with this. What's the point? What were we talking about? Well, I think you were getting to like some of the things that you liked about it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, so one of the things that I do like about this whole process or I have enjoyed thus far is shopping for my dress. That was very fun. I purchased it, I think a couple of weeks ago. Um, what else have I enjoyed about the process? Um, <laughs> I think that was it actually. It was a big decision. I mean, I know you were going between two options and um, yeah. and all of that. So yeah, I mean, I think you know, in in and we've talked about this, I'm sure, on different levels. But all of this stuff, you know, there are pros and cons, right, you know, to it all. And I think as we look at kind of just the last four or five years we've known each other, you know, there have been moments that have been difficult. We've been in situations where we've worked for companies and it was just not working, and then we've also had the ups. Of, of certain situations. So it's like, you know, you kind of go through these ebbs and flows. It's just part of life. And it's That's fun true. to be able to have people that are around you when you're going through this, because it just makes it more bearable. Because even when you were, you know, picking out, you know, a dress and it can get very stressful, it's fun, but it's also nice to have somebody be like, okay, well, what do you think? Or, you know, is this a good decision or what do you need to bounce ideas off of them or to get support from people? And that's why I think when you're able to get that from somebody and you're able to be vulnerable, but also just like conversational, it makes a really big difference. And that's why you'll gravitate naturally towards some people and not others, even though you may have known that other person longer. And that's why it's always important when you meet people to try to stay in contact if there's some synergy there, because you could end up knowing them for, you know what I mean? For not that long and feel closer to them than you right. felt towards other people. And that happens to me yes. all the time. Does that happen to you a lot? Yes. That's something I'm learning. 
um, at this point in my life is I'm a very loyal person or I can be. And I feel like I have to have loyalty to people that I met in middle school or high school, but they're not meant to be with me on my journey. And I have people that I just met within the past year or two that I feel much closer to (laughs) than the people, you know, that I've known for 15 or 20 years, just because we're in a different space in life. We have similar goals, similar passions, the same kind of go-getter attitudes. And so, yeah, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. Yeah. And in the beginning, I think we talked about, you know, being with somebody kind of through these journeys. And I remember when you didn't have your Instagram page and you were like, oh, Whitney, I don't know. How are you doing it? I don't know. And then you got inspiration, like bulbs were clicking, lights were going off in your brain and you were masterminding and you figured it out. You got a photographer, you found a company to help with social media management. You got some graphics designed and your logo. And it was all of these little baby steps. And now you've got this Instagram platform that's got like 10,000 plus followers and you've been able to really do quite a bit in a short period of time, right? Yes, I have. It's remarkable how much I've gotten done. And I wish I could talk about everything that I have achieved, but I can't because of contractual issues. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But next year. Yeah. Next year. And next year too. I mean, we could even do a spill segment where we where we really hit hard on some of these credit issues or if you want to go into debt and talk about something, you know, it's one thing to budget, but it's also something to be educated in some of these things. And I was actually just talking um, to one of my, my good friends about, there's been a lot of talk about black women in corporate and how just women in general struggle with asking for the right amount in their salary and being able to negotiate that. It's been a huge conversation. We've been reading this book called The Memo by Minda Hart. It's super good. If you haven't read it, check it out. I will drop the comp, the um, the link in the in the show notes. It's phenomenal. It's one of the best professional development books I have read in like five to twelve business years. But that book, you know, she brings up asking for the right amount or asking for a good amount or knowing your worth to be able to negotiate, and that affects your budget. Right. Because if we don't believe in ourselves or what we're doing and we're going to some top firm, right, asking for 60K, when we really should be asking for 87, <laughs> right, that's going to affect our budget, which is going to affect how quickly we can retire. And yep. all of this stuff trickles into, you know, others. So, I mean, for you in corporate, what are some of the things that you're hoping to help people not do or do less of next year? Um, so you touched on one thing, which is negotiating your salary. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. So as you mentioned, most women don't negotiate their salary. And it's not even just black women, white women too. I don't, have you read the book Lean In? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I've, I've definitely heard about it and watched the Super Soul Sunday okay. on it, but no. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's written by a Jewish woman, very successful Jewish woman. But it's, it's just the women. She talks about the same thing. It's a women issue in general. And I find that so interesting because my very first job, I was negotiating my salary. I thought everyone did that. I've never had a job where I didn't negotiate my salary. So that's one thing I would start with, knowing your worth, knowing your market value. And let me go back to knowing your worth. So some people think they're worth a lot more than they are. (laughs) That's why it's very important to do research. Um, But on the flip side, most of us aren't making what our male counterparts are making, especially our white male counterparts. So that's very important. And also just knowing, how do I want to put this? Knowing your end goal. So for me, I knew I didn't want to do corporate America 
forever. Um, it's just a means to fuel my passions. I use that money to fuel, you know, the personal finance business until it becomes, you know, more lucrative. So just knowing what your path is. Um, also, something that I've been doing a better job with is being my authentic self at work. Um, but you kind of have to fill out the situation and, you know, know who you're working with. But I've gotten to a point since I paid off my debt that I don't have to put up with as much shit as I did in the past. And <laughs> like right now, well, I don't know if I should say all of that. But once you pay off your debt, it gives you more freedom and you don't have to put up with certain things. Uh, what else? Those are the main things that I would, I would recommend um, as far as career advice. Yeah. I mean, and there's, there's obviously there's tons of things that if we were to do a masterclass and whatnot, I mean, that's, it's important to know this stuff because you're right. A lot of people are overselling and, and can't deliver to the amount that they're kind of asking for. And then we've got the opposite. And my goal has always been to get paid as close to, if not more than my male counterparts. And I think one thing that helped, I don't know if you remember, but um, I think it was in, under the Obama administration. They had this whole thing with like, I can't remember the name of it. It was like minority like contractors act or something. I don't remember, but it was this whole thing where basically if you had a government contract and it was diverse and you could prove you had diversity on that contract. You would either get money or you would get something like a bonus or you would get something. There was some kind of special incentive for those who had diversity on their government contracts. And that was awesome because at the time, right, I've been in IT my whole career. So when they saw me, they were like, hey, you are two demographics, my friend. Please come. Please come. We'll pay you whatever you want. Please come. And I was like, oh, word. (laughs) And they were paying me. And it was really cool because I didn't have sometimes like some of the certifications or some of the background as some of these other guys. But um, yeah, it worked out because I provided value in other ways, not just because I was physically on the project, but because of my knowledge and my like cohesiveness with the group and my ability to liaison between the IT nerds and the end users and the clients. And so it worked out, but I think a lot of times we don't know our worth. Um, and we see other people and we think that they're smarter, but we think that they have more to offer. And in reality, they, they really don't. And a lot of times your network is what will get you in to these positions. And, um, that's what will carry you is knowing somebody versus having versus knowing something, if that makes sense. Oh, it definitely makes sense. All of my jobs have been through my network. Every single one I've gotten through my network. And you mentioned something earlier about um, negotiating your salary and how that affects your budget. Mm. And not only affects your budget, it affects your future revenue because when you apply for another job, there ba- a lot of jobs, they'll ask you what your previous salary is, right? Or what your previous salary was. And they'll base their offer off of that or even if you stay at your current job, when you get a raise, they're basing it off of your salary. And they're even basing your bonuses off of that salary you negotiated. That's another reason why it's so important to negotiate as high of a salary as you can. Yep. I've definitely been using that because I use that as, as my, to my advantage. Because when I was out here looking for opportunities and whatnot um, before, I'd be like, well, you know, my last job paid me this amount. And that's kind of what I'm looking for, something a little more than that. And they were like, oh, okay. And so they knew once I told them that number, they weren't going any lower than that because I'm not going to backtrack. Who wants to backtrack? Exactly. I don't. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. So, so yeah, it makes a big difference. Now, 
Okay. So let's talk about your blog and the kind of stuff that you blog about. So you talk a lot about money and like getting your shit together with your finances and getting rid of debt. You got rid of what? Like 40,000 in 18 months. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. So do you talk about that on the blog or like, what, what are you talking about mostly? I talk about different things. So what I try to do is have a different series each month. So one month was about money relationships. One month was about insurance. Another month was, um, August is National Black Business Month, so I did a series on that. So it, it really just depends. I'll talk about a variety of different topics. Um, the first three blog posts was about my money journey and how I got out of debt. Um, so yeah, it's just a variety of different topics that I talk about okay. to, to help people. Now, I mean, I've been asking a lot of guests recently about this, but like, what is 2020 looking like for you? I mean, is it oh, growth? thing are you learning more are you post what are you what are you really really trying to do in 2020 oh my gosh okay i am i am oh god so we talked about this the other day i'm trying to delegate more tasks i had to fire my assistant today so just trying to find good help has been a struggle it's been very very difficult um so i'm trying i'm going to work on that automating getting better processes in place. And then of course the projects that I'm working on that I can't talk about. Um, but I can't say that when they do pan out, they will be groundbreaking and hopefully will change, change personal finance as we know it. So I'm so excited about those. And then just the monetizing piece because monetizing is a thing all in itself. And I didn't realize how difficult that is because when I launched this business, I thought I was going to do one-on-one coaching but it wasn't as profitable. It wasn't really worth my time. All the effort that goes into it, it just didn't pay off the way I would have liked it to. Because I, each plan that I would give to a client was personalized and tailored to them. And I put a lot of work and effort into that. And just the payback from it monetarily wasn't what I was looking for. So trying to figure that out. And another thing I want to do is in addition, or instead of doing the blog, because I realized I don't really enjoy the blog. I don't like writing. I'm going to do a YouTube channel where I do more videos, educational videos, and I also uh, do comedy skits. So one of the things that I'm trying to do, so my, my whole thing is making money fun, fun and relatable. And how I do that, one of the ways that I do that is I incorporate current events, pop culture, and I do these little comedy sketches that I really enjoy doing. And basically the comedy sketches touch on common everyday money scenarios that we face. So loaning a family member $500 and they don't pay you back. But you see them on Instagram, like living it up in Miami and they haven't even mentioned giving your money back, things like that. Or how soon is too soon to bring up money in a relationship? So I have a skit where I'm on a first date with someone <laughs> and I'm asking him right off the bat, like, what's your net worth? How much money do you make? What kind of assets do you have? So just things like that, just to make money fun and relatable. And it's, it's just really entertainment with the message. And I think that'll make it less dry and boring and scary and, and draw people in. Heck yeah. Half of the money stuff is so boring. Like, okay, girl. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And they make it seem so easy. And we all know that shit's not easy. The, the, even the whole like, well, if you saved a cup of coffee, and I will tell you this. Okay. I will tell you this. As much money as I spend on Starbucks, it's incredible. And if I use that money for other stuff, I would be probably in a different place. But <laughs> I really value 
that's something I really value. And some people spend their money on shoes, on purses, on excursions at, you know, all-inclusive resorts, on drugs, on strippers, on alcohol. I'm choosing to spend it at Starbucks. There are worse things, right? But that's a priority. And I had to own that. And once I owned it, because there was one point where I was like, oh, I should really pay that one thing. It was like, you know, you have like that one bill or that one loan, that one student loan that's like, I don't know, a small one. That's Right. You could just easily pay off. Right. You know? And I was like, and then I would tell myself, oh, you don't have the money for that. And I was like, bitch, you just spent $700, (laughs) right? Last quarter on some bullshit. And so it was like, once I realized, you know, where and, and how I was prioritizing some shit, I was able to say, okay. Let's, let's, if I really wanted to do that, like you were saying earlier about, you know, keeping your, your eye on the prize, if I really wanted to get rid of that, or if I really wanted to, to save and buy that, you know, $5,000 mattress, then I could, but you've got to want it bad enough. And you've got to exactly. have that. Well, cause when I wanted my Z, when I wanted my little car, mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't shit you were going to do or say <laughs> to get me not to buy that car. And I saved every penny and I'm not a saver. Because my mom wasn't really a saver. She was always like, let's get it. And I wanted that. And I was like, nope, nope, that's not happening. That's not happening. And that's not happening. I really wanted that, but that's not happening either because this is the goal. Right. Um, so I think that, you know, the blog, the YouTube videos, I'm excited to see all of it because if you can make it relatable and fun and funny, I feel like, I feel like most of us are here for it. Yes, I hope so. I'm so excited about it. Me too. Okay. So you'll post the YouTube stuff when, it, when you launch that onto IG. So yes. people follow you now over at the Leah Marie Collins on Instagram. They'll be in the know, right? Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So yeah, I actually had to let my VA go as well oh, uh, today. That wasn't How did you do it? So, well, I'll, I'll let you answer. How did you do it? <laughs> it's okay honestly I'm gonna be real it was one of the hardest things it took me like 90 minutes and I had to phone a friend to (laughs) to really like somebody who was way older than me and could give me some like random unbiased third-party advice because I really didn't know how to frame it and I talk about communication a lot and so I, I feel pressure to communicate effectively and as best as possible but at the same time there's still difficult conversations that must be had And you don't Mm -hmm. always have the answers. And so I'm talking to this lady and I'm like, look, she's not delivering. She knows she's not delivering regardless of what she may be choosing to tell herself. So how do I, how do I communicate this? And which route do I want to take? Do I want to be like, girl, you're tripping, you're not delivering, blah, 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 blah. And then be like, I want my money back. Or do I have a different conversation? You know, who do I want to be in this moment? How do I want to come off? How do I want the conversation to go? Um, do you watch Queen Sugar? I don't. I need to though. I heard it's a really good show. Okay. I'm trying to think of something, but in Queen Sugar, the main character is very good at being able to zoom out of situations so that she can fully play her cards. And that's something that I really admire about, I mean, obviously this is a fictitious character, but she's able to zoom out and sort of understand what might happen next and have that plan of attack already ready. And she can do it fairly quickly. And I'm like, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to know if I tell somebody to fuck off that they may respond in one of two ways. And what am I going to say in response to that? Right. Right. And, and so in this situation, I really had to zoom out and say, okay, well, you know, I could be nice and say, okay, you know, I understand things happen or 
I could be like, you're not delivering and I'm pissed. Which way? And I kind of went with like a blend, mm-hmm. but um, it was really hard. And I was disappointed, you know, because in my head I wanted to have, you know, this VA who was doing all these things and helping me and like my right-hand man, woman, yes. and I wasn't getting that. And she didn't have the bandwidth to give that to me. And I'm not sure why that wasn't communicated from her. Right. And I can't blame myself for it. So, but I learned so much from working with her. And I think that's important is to be able to, to learn and to grow. Even as you're doing your wedding planning, I'm sure you're learning a lot about oh my gosh, yes. even about the wedding industry that you didn't know before. And it's it's really eye-opening. And I think it you can apply a lot of that to different parts of your overall life, which is when you're able to zoom out, I think it's super important. Did you ask for your money back? I did. I asked for part of it. Um, what did she say? But she hasn't responded. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of her MO. So Yeah. And I, I was so nice. It was almost like you can't not respond. And right. if you don't respond, you're going to look like even more of a jackass. So I don't know. It was really hard. That was professional. I just told my, and I, I should have done what you did. And that's usually what I do. I just told my assistant <laughs> to stop all tasks <laughs> and I will take them over. Thank you for your services. Mm-hmm. I was just so frustrated with her. So frustrated. It happens. And you know, I think too, communication is important. And now I've organized just by hiring somebody in my business. I've, I've learned that, you know, I need to have SOPs, right? So right. That I've learned yes. working for a lot of different companies, just, you got to have written tasks because some people work well. I, I realize that she actually works really well when you give her the task in explicit directions and you let her do it when she feels like it. That worked really well for her. Ultimately, it didn't work well for me. But what yeah, it I don't did, always have time for that to give people Sometimes I need someone to think, you know what I'm saying? And that's the hard part. I don't have time to break down every single thing. I might as well do it myself at that point. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But the thing is, I want to be able to have some of the stuff I need to write down. So you know how to post this, this podcast, you know, how to send a zoom, you know what I mean? Invite to the next podcast guest, you know, how to go into Planoly and, and, and queue up some stuff, you know how to do these things. So I wanted to document some of it, but it made me actually do a lot of that. It made me sit down and write some SOPs. It made me um, learn how to use Trello. I hadn't used Trello before. I love Trello. Do you right? like it? Yes. I didn't like it at first. I was like, ew, Trello, I like Asana. But now I'm like, I hate no, Asana. Yeah, Trello is so legit. much better. Yes. Yeah. I, I like it for different <laughs> reasons, but um, I like Asana because it's more of like a checklist than and a daily reminder of tasks. And Trello mm-hmm. is like, for me, it was almost like a project management tool. Right. And, and I was able to kind of make boards for each week. And so I really got really organized and streamlined. And I, I feel like I became more professional, even just having somebody on board for a couple of weeks. So um, I don't know. Yeah, I do think whether you have a good or a bad experience with a, a personal assistant or virtual assistant, it forces, forces you to get organized. Yes. And learn how to communicate and be able to verbalize what it is that you want. And um, yeah, and you have to release control, like you said, and be able to delegate. That's hard. It's hard so to let hard. go. I'm a control freak and a perfectionist. So it's very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hopefully we'll find, if you're listening to this and you are a virtual assistant and you yes. are, or you know somebody who is super professional and amazing and can communicate effectively and doesn't and meets deadlines. Yes. And goes above and beyond, then please send us <laughs> their contact info, tag me in anything that they do. Um, and have them DM me because I'm always looking for someone to 
help. Um, I think I have somebody right now, but you never know. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Hopefully, yeah. All right. So we talked about 2020. Let's just recap. We talked about the wedding. We talked about how we met. We talked about your business and some of your goals for, you know, the future of it, et cetera, et cetera. Some projects you're working on, a potential YouTube channel and a lot of other things that you kind of got going on. What else do you want to say to the people to inspire them to focus on their money, to inspire them to focus on their personal financial goals? to inspire them in 2020 to be amazing. What have you got? <laughs> well, I can, I wanted to tell you like one of the things that make, that made me so passionate um, about personal finance. So, <laughs> excuse me, hold on. Can you hear that? No. Okay. Hold on. Sorry, hold on. You can edit this out, right? Mm-hmm. What the hell? Oh, that's, I'm sorry. Like a bunch of butters, get out of here. A bunch of um, butters, come on. There are a bunch of ambulances and fire trucks right outside the window. Stop it. Yeah, like I'm right off of 35 and 75. Is that 75? So I see wrecks constantly. Like, Cars turned over, flipped Damn. over. Yes, all day, every single day. It's like nothing just happened. Yeah, I, I used to see that too from my window. Oh my gosh! You know that okay. building? There's. I read an article uh, last week. They started to remove. They're physically removing the vehicles out of that like condemned garage. The one there. in your building? Yeah. They're just now doing that. They're just now doing that. Because when did that happen? It happened in like <laughs> June. They're just now going in and um and they're taking car by car out. Oh and, my god. Um, they're I guess just moving them to some lot and then you have to come and like get your car. But most what? people's insurance, yeah, most people's insurance covered it because it was mush and it's been months. And so the insurance companies are having to come get it, but you have to get your crap out of it. So you've got to go to this like special lot to get your sh- shit out of the car and then the car is dealt with by, I guess, your insurance company. And then they're going to go into these, these apartments. I think they're going in and they're having <laughs> professional movers come and move your crap out of your apartment for you and putting it into storage units. Oh my God. That's what I feel like the article said. And they're just now doing, it's going to be weeks before these people get their stuff. Can you that imagine? That is crazy. Can't they sue? Like, is there a lawsuit against that? Well, they went to court because people were frustrated with the lack of communication because Elon is one of the shittiest places I've ever dealt with in my life over at Graystar. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, they, they, I mean, I don't know if they're suing or what they're doing, but it's been a disaster. And let me tell you, I have never been more grateful that to not live somewhere that I used to live yeah. before. And it seems so nice. Like, I yeah. loved your apartment. Yeah. No, when my car got broken into on the sixth freaking floor in a gated building, I was pissed. And they didn't care. I mean, and that garage, I don't feel like was safe because it was falling apart. Every time it rained, you would see cement crumbling all over the place. Dang. So when I saw that thing kind of like just, oh, my God, that picture is still super crazy to me. <sighs> but anyway. um, do you remember where you left off? Uh, what did you ask me for takeaway advice? Yes. And then you started talking about. 
Uh, it's kind of just talking about my why, but that's not really what you asked me. Oh my God, I blanked. Um, I asked you about advice and information and insight that you would give people for 2020 who want to do better. And then I think I was about to go on a tangent. I mean, there's time for it. (laughs) Okay. Let me get my thoughts together. Do you want me to ask you another question or do you want to just answer that? And then we'll just, yeah. Why don't you answer that from the beginning? With whatever okay. you do want to say, and then we'll just do that. Okay. Ask me the question again. I don't remember. This is just like <laughs> advice, like insight advice that you wanted to give um, people for 2020 as far as like finance, financial, financial goals, finance stuff, and whatnot. Okay. Let me think of some good, actionable advice that I haven't already said. I feel like I've said that already. Well, you can definitely rant about your why and why (laughs) you think it's so important that, you know, women of color or women business professionals in general need to step up. Yeah, ask me me something about women of color or something. Yeah, I like that one. Okay. That's a good one. Because I can talk about, like, generational wealth and... Okay, so why don't you do that? Why don't you answer and talk about generational wealth, and then I'll ask you something about Black women specifically. Mm, okay. Are you going to ask the question? No, or just I talk? Did. It's already on the Oh, oh, sorry. Should we start over? Sorry. Yeah, just pretend like I already asked you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so one of my big, one of, one of the reasons I'm so passionate about personal finance is because it's my goal to help people, specifically Black people, to create generational wealth. Because as Black people, this is something that we've struggled with due to oppressive policies, predatory lending, discrimination in employment, slavery, segregation, the declining marriage rate amongst Black people, um, and various other reasons. And when you really think about it, slavery legally ended in, what, 1864 or 1865? But even then, many states didn't free slaves until years later. Then there was uh, PNH, which is like debt slavery. That was outlawed in 1867, <clears throat> but didn't officially end until, I believe it was the ni- early 1940s. And then next you had the Black Codes, and then you had Jim Crow, which didn't end until the 1960s. So that really wasn't that long ago. And I was talking to my mom about this the other day. Like, that was in my parents' lifetime and my grandparents' lifetime. So we really only had one or two generations to try and accumulate wealth when many of our counterparts have had hundreds of years to do this. So that's what really drives me. And our generation, in many cases, like millennials, will be the first to have the opportunity to make a change financially for the generations that come after us and be able to, and we're the first to be, or many of us are the first to be in a position to break that cycle of financial bondage. And I want to be a catalyst for, for that type of change in our community. Yes. I love that. And if you guys haven't listened to this um, other podcast, it's called um, 1619. And it's actually been pretty amazing. I want to say it's six or seven episodes. And it was uh, produced by the New York Times, actually. And it was to commemorate the bringing of slaves to America in 1619. And just different parts of history 
parts of American history, parts of black history. Um, and they talk, there's episodes, there's one episode actually in the South talking specifically about farmers in Louisiana and how corrupt they are and how there are still, um, oh. you know, battles going on. And there was this one what? huge battle from all these farmers that were uh, discriminated against from the, I believe it was from the banks and they weren't getting the right money that they were supposed to be getting, like, like other white people were getting and their farms failed miserably. And because of that, and it's just a really good show. I learned so much on that, on that show. I talked about, there's one episode three is all about um, music and how basically music came about in this country. It started from white people mimicking black people and it's crazy. And I can't tell you how much I enjoyed listening to this podcast show. And there's another episode that talks about um, health, healthcare, hospitals, and how, you know, to this day, there's a lot of older Black people that will not go to a hospital. You know, so many people are dying because of diseases and cancers and whatnot. And it's because they weren't being seen because of the history of hospitalization for, you know, Black people in this country. It's incredible. And you're totally right, Leah. It wasn't that long ago when, you know, people were going to the, there was a story of this one guy who went to the hospital. He was in a car wreck and he gets there and the doctors are helping him. And then his family gets there. The doctor sees his family is black and is like, Oh, you got to go to the black side of the hospital. Wait, when was this? I don't remember the year, but it was Was this recently. No, 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 no. Oh, (laughs) I mean, either way it's bad. Yeah. This was a while ago, but this was back when they had segregated hospitals, but the segregated hospitals didn't have equal. Right. opportunities and tools. And and they talk a lot about that. And so when you understand the history behind why things are the way they are now, you get to understand how they connect and correlate and how it affects each of us. And that's where the financial piece, you know, is really, really important um, to look at. It's important to look at it from all these different areas. And that's why last week's episode, I had Khadija talking about the nihilist.com. Her company, Nile, is all about you know, promoting black businesses. And it's important to do that because we have to start, you know, what did she say? The numbers was like, like two point or three something trillion dollars. We have so much uh, spending power and we've always had spending power, at least for a long time, we've had spending power. And that's, I told her about, I learned on one of these podcasts about um, when they boycotted the buses in whatever town, I don't know if it was uh, Louisiana or wherever, but they boycotted the buses. And they boycotted the buses so hard that they went out of business. I think that bus company went straight up out of business. I always boycott. I boycott everything. (laughs) Unfortunately, no one else ever joins me, so it's not effective. But that—that's where you hit them the hardest. Their pockets. Yeah, and and it's important to know your your worth when it comes to the financials. And that's where I think we're we're really gaining steam here. The more people we have that are doing what you're doing. And the more people that are listening, like the people listening today are, um, it's, it's going to be what shapes the future around money and building that generational wealth and all of that. So definitely check out 1619 if you haven't already. It's a super good show. Um, I really got into it. And then listen to White Lies while you're at it because that's another show about um, segregation and just history. I'm subscribing to all of these right now as you, as <laughs> you speak. So good. They're so good. I you, promise you'll love them. Um, you okay. said white lies? White lies. White lies is about, um, there were some missionaries that Dr. Martin Luther King called on to come 
down to Selma to help when the, uh, when the, the, I guess they were like the walks, they were marching for voting mm-hmm. rights were happening. And um, I can't remember the man's name who got, somebody was killed doing this. And um, then they had the bloody Sunday event, which I, I want to say was in 1965 when they were crossing that bridge and the white guys, the cops were like, don't do it. And the black people were like, we're going to do it anyway. And it was this whole mm-hmm. big, just massacre. And um, so Dr. Martin Luther King said, Hey, we need to help out. And so all these missionaries came down and there were three white missionaries who gathered in, in Selma. And one of them was beaten up by some other white dudes who were pissed that they were there. And um, he ended up dying. And it was this whole thing of who killed him and why there was no justice. And uh, these two guys from Louisiana, these two white guys end up going down there to try to figure out what the hell happened and who done it. And um, it's a really cool podcast show. They end up like figuring it out kind of. Oh, hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. And yeah. a lot of the guys were still alive. You know what? You know what I just found out yesterday? It's kind of one topic, but not. I found out that one of my cousins was in the Little Rock Nine. Isn't that crazy? What? Yes. I still want to interview him for Black History Month. That is so cool. I know. No one ever told me. What? Like some random cousin I've never met found me on Facebook and he saw one of my posts for Black History Month. He's like, hey, you know, uh, cousin so-and-so <laughs> was in the Little Rock Nine. No, I did not know this. That's so yes. cool. Yes. Wow. You know, and that's, you know, having these conversations is, is important. So I definitely encourage everybody listening to share as much information. That's why it's important to share these episodes. If something resonates, or if you know that somebody in your social circle has mentioned struggling with their finances or struggling, finding black owned businesses to purchase different products from, which is where you go to the nihilist.com or, you know, maybe you're trying to get into books and reading more. I interviewed the free black women's library of LA and they were amazing. They post really great content. I mean, there's so many people on this show that I have who I feel like can help. And so again, bringing in your network and sharing and, and caring is, is important. So if you or somebody you know is struggling with your finances or wants to know more about debt and management and money and all of that, definitely make sure you save this episode, You know, keep it downloaded on your phone, share it with your friends, make sure you're following Leah and you follow her journey because there's a lot more to come. Right. We're literally at the beginning of this. Like this is yes. where we're starting to gain steam. And don't let us get some VAs that work out because then it's a wrap. <laughs> we're unstoppable at that point. Then it's a wrap. Right. <laughs> um, I'm not kidding. Like it's gonna be no, a wrap not either. at that point. So um, I'm really excited to see what else happens. So I just want to say thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Thank you for inviting me. I really enjoyed this. And if you're listening to this then um, Leah and I will actually be going live on Instagram to answer what? questions. Um, mm-hmm. We'll do like next week, maybe if you're down and we can do it on your page too. And just okay. like talk about the show and takeaways. And if you forgot to say something, it's a great place. I actually really enjoy the IG lives afterwards. I feel like it's like a, a mini part two huh. sometimes. I don't know. It's fun. I enjoyed watching the one today with the, the Nihilist. Right? Yeah, I really oh, like that. She's so cool. She's yeah, so cool. she's awesome. So we'll do that. And then um, if you guys have questions, money-related questions, if you want to talk about like APR shit or something, <laughs> <laughs> CDs, oh I don't gosh. know. Just like figure out some stuff to ask. And then um, 
or if you just want to talk about white lies or 1619, let us know. Um, and, and we'll talk about that. So, all right. So your website again is LeahMarieCollins.com. Okay. And your IG is the Leah Marie Collins. Marie Collins mm-hmm. on IG. Okay. And yeah, I mean, your email is all that's in your link tree and, um, you're actually in Dallas now though, right? I am. I just moved here a month ago. Okay. Your bio still says Austin, but you, um, Oh, that's it. Yeah. But you're in Dallas and you grew up there. I never asked you that. You did though. I was a military brat, but I lived okay. in Dallas the long. Okay. Longest. Cool. 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 All right. Where does it well, say Austin? Oh, it does. Oh, oh gosh, you have to thank click you. more. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I love you. it. I love it. <laughs> All right, guys. If you've made it this far, honestly, thank you for listening until the end. Um, I really do appreciate that because I can actually tell if you don't listen to the end. So now you actually feel guilty to listen to the end from now on because I can tell. <laughs> Maybe not like you personally, but I can definitely tell how many people didn't listen to the end. So if you've made it this far, here's a pro tip. What I will be doing moving forward, and I talked about this on episode, whatever the last one was, 107, I don't remember. But the last episode I had with Khadijah, um, I will be partnering with brands to offer giveaways and prizes for those who leave comments in the um, review section. For those who give me five stars and have something cute and nice to say, you will be automatically entered into a drawing to get some sort of giveaway. I think that rhymed, but it's true. So if you have like literally two seconds, because that's all it takes, scroll up on the Apple Podcast app drop the five stars in there and just say something nice, funny, or cute. So I know it's real. If you do not have an iPhone, then find a stranger, your mom, your uncle, your next door neighbor, your mailman, go on their phone, use their Apple podcast app, find the show, scroll down and do the same thing. And all of this counts. It makes it look good. It makes it um, come up to the top in the search. It does a lot of really interesting things analytics wise, and it helps the show get out there. Plus you could get, you know, some free shit. And I like free shits because I'm only going to send you good free shit. So it's not like something weird, like a lanyard or something. And you're like, what am I going to do with this Whitney? Um, so definitely make sure you're, you're leaving some reviews in there and you're following myself and the show. My IG is at Whitney Danielle coaching. And then the show is at network and spill. I will be going live interchangeably on these shows. I will be posting. I will have stories. If you've made it this far and you'd like to get a shout out, you can absolutely take a screenshot and DM me or tag me on your stories. And I will absolutely give you a special shout out on my page. And that is it. If you have any questions for Leah or myself, feel free to drop us a line. Um, I think Leah's email is hello at leahmariecollins.com, I believe, right? Yes, that's correct. Yes. And mine is Whitney at WhitneyDaniel.com. So, you know, that goes directly to us. And we'll actually, we're available to answer any questions and comments that you may have. And that is it for today. Thank you, Leah. We'll be, uh, we'll be in touch. We'll be in touch. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for Kate. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not <sighs> kidding. I can't wait. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to sleep now. Um, Come back next week. Cheers. Bye, everyone.